Welcome to Trapping Radio. This is your host, Clint Locklear. Hopefully, I can get back on track a little bit. Guys, I didn't have a show. Um, well, two reasons. One, we've had a funny server issue that we think is fixed. And I kept trying to upload, and it kept crashing. And then I was packing to go to Arkansas. So then I went to Arkansas, and that was another week of not doing the show life you know life uh you know arkansas is something we do i go down there with carl and uh tim came meet trapper uh, chip didn't get to come i got to take a uh, a non-trapper down there this year uh, a neighbor and that was interesting just uh, to get someone else's perspective on something like that but you know we killed a bunch of coyotes uh some cats otter beaver and my favorite thing on this trip to do is the hogs. We uh, set up snares for hogs. Uh, we run together in the morning. And then, uh, and a lot of that is because of the hogs. You know, it's a lot of moral support and, and different things and cutting up and ball busting and all the normal stuff that guys do. But the hogs can be dangerous. And say 90% of the time it goes pretty smooth you know you got a a great big old hog in a snare you slip up on him uh, this year uh, the gun of choice was for a four 44 magnum 200 grain uh, let's see 240 grain soft points laid them out I tried an AK-47 this year with military ammo because I've seen what it does to people and with hogs, that just was not a very good round. Now, I'm sure you can buy soft points in AK. I just I took one of the AK pistols, had a red dot on there. It's fast. You got a bunch of rounds if you need it. So I'm like, you know, you can't jam it. Everything we do down in Arkansas gets muddy. Um, my buggy and me are, are not the best size for each other because I got like nine inches hanging out the, the driver's side so my whole side is just muddy it gets inside the cab it's delta country guys that is some muddy muddy stuff to deal with and this year was the driest i have ever seen it but i didn't know it was going to be like that so i'm like thinking okay i'll try the ak because you can't jam the dang thing uh you know 30 round magazine but the the round just didn't slam the hogs the way that, that we needed. 44 Magnum, on the other hand, did. Which, what this has turned into is, what is the ultimate um, firearm to take? I've used 10 millimeter, had great success. Uh, pump shotgun last year great success until it just got so much mud on the shotgun that when you racked the slide it it, it it jammed i mean jammed to the point a gunsmith had to take it apart so there's a lot of those factors so now what we're looking at is like the h and r little handy rifle uh maybe something like a 35 wheeling or maybe even um 500 Smith & Wesson since I already have one of those pistols uh, you know 
same two guns same ammo type thing it could be a 44 magnum thought about the 4570 because i'm sure that is a hog slamming machine right there and they have all these different things but it's a single shot rifle they're relatively cheap i can put a red dot on there and most of the time with the hogs you're within you know 60 yards by the time you can see them in the snares and stuff like that but we did have this one thing happen that's been correcting since i've been gone um carl put the, you know he's using eighth inch one by 19 cable thousand pound barrel swivels double ferrules to lock everything in place great big slim locks i mean these snares it's the difference between it, it's about like using a 1 8 inch 7 by 7 snare no i take that back it would not be yeah it would be 1 8 that's how strong these are and the hog on the drag got the hog the the drag locked on a big tree which we don't do you can go look at the youtube videos we have certain ways that we anchor these off when we can and this this was a big hog big and we turn around and there he is fighting this we know that the drag is on the big tree which means there's no give with an animal like a hog not only can it hurt you but it can it can get away which is not the point of what the farmer has us down there for so when we see it like this it's pretty much as soon as you get a shot you don't worry about film you don't worry about pictures as soon as you get a shot you try to lay the hog down as quick as you can so nothing bad happens well something bad happened i've got the 44 i get about I don't know 60 feet I could have took a shot but I you know I, I wanted I wanted a good neck shot just to drop the hog because their adrenaline goes up if you make a bad shot and I tried to get in about 30 feet from the hog and the hog reared back and actually did not break the snare it completely oblong the thousand pound barrel swivels the regular swivels and it and it broke the lock in half it actually pulled the cable through the bottom of the lock that's how powerful they are and it ran off and then it was like day at the range everybody's trying to shoot them with 44 with 40s with nines with i think one shot of a shotgun anyways big hog ran off well i just got a text this morning where they caught this same hog back and took care of it so that's a good deal so that's what i've been up to running around catching stuff having a big old time hanging out with friends uh eating way too much food and that's what i've been doing so before we get tonight's show i want to thank our sponsors guys i'm telling you we have without a doubt probably the best collection of honest companies that you can deal with when it comes to trapping supply we have f and t fur harvesters everything you need for trapping hunting with hounds and predator calling they've got about everything we got okie cable and trap out of oklahoma jeb 
full trapping supply dealer, all kinds of nice odd and end stuff. Just a great guy to deal with. We have Funky Trap Tags and Supplies, which is also a sponsor of Manstrong Podcast. Full line of trapping supplies, all kind of stuff for hunting, a lot of fishing supplies, ADC stuff like that. And then we have Dunlap Lures, which uh, Jeff makes really good lures, the death dealer himself. And he's been in this business a long, long time, and it's good stuff. So those are the sponsors of the show. Those are the ones that help pay for the server. Now, the interesting thing, like I said, we've had server issues. When you do what we're doing and something goes wrong, it's your baby. And that's kind of what happened to us. So it takes a little while to straighten that out. It's a little bit different than doing something on host gator where they can switch stuff around. But you can't do the volume of downloads on something like that because they'll kick you off because you'll shut down everybody else's website. So there, there comes to a certain point or you have to do a little bit more than someone that's just got a small podcast that uh, doesn't have a whole lot of traffic. Kind of like when we first started. I want to do a show tonight. We've been doing uh, Back to the Basics. And what I was planning on doing um, last week, but I could not, I just could not get the server to, to do it right, was some footholds and snare for beaver because we've been just walking down through different animals sets and different things like that where it's not so uh performance driven uh you know overly uh strategy driven um slower stuff that you know a lot of guys need and you know i've been doing this for a while so i kind of blow past a lot of that stuff but it's something I need to do periodically for the show. It's 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 not boring and it's not a it's just not you know a junk show by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a little bit different than what I've been doing, and that was the the intent of what I was going to do for today's show. But I had several phone calls last week, several meaning three. Um, from three different states, from three different trappers, pretty much with the same thing happening. And the, the, it's a general question that I get a lot that I was just thinking about because, you know, you're driving back and forth to, you know, from a different state, you're thinking and different things. So I thought I'd do the show on that. And I don't know exactly how to title this one but uh, the question that I get a lot throughout the year, probably a hundred times from guys that are well-intentioned that want to go full-time predator control, which is very different than ADC as far as squirrels and moles and stuff in people's yards, totally different business. And the more I've talked to people about doing this, there's some things that are becoming more obvious to me when, when I talk to people. Now, if you're one of the guys that called me last week, I am not specifically talking about you. This is very generic. So don't try to read between the lines that I'm saying something to you because I'm not. 
But I want to talk a little bit about that. And the other thing I want to finish up with is, is wokeness creeping into trapping? Which I'll explain why that's been on my mind uh, after being in Arkansas. So this is not a how to catch an animal podcast, but uh, the, the, the major part of this is going to be about going full-time predator control. And guys, this does not just go for ADC business or predator control or full-time fur trapping or you know commercial fishing or guiding or anything. It goes for anything that you're thinking of doing. It could be, uh, you know, a tree service where you cut trees out of people's yard. It could be a welding shop. It could be somebody that builds decks like a handyman, which is a freaking awesome business today. And it could be anything, absolutely anything to do with the revenue stream. And when I get these calls, I'm, I'm trying to be, see, how can I say this? I'm trying to not sound harsh about doing this, but I'm seeing this pattern over the years with questions like this and there's a few things that, that I'm noticing that's becoming more obvious to me when I get these questions and I talk to someone about this now the big one that it, there, there's two things that I'm I'm noticing over and over again, which I see is very dangerous, extremely dangerous to the person who's looking, you know, for a bigger revenue stream, a change in career, start a new side hustle or a business, which to me is one of the most important things men can do today. And one of them seems to be like you're looking for somebody to give you permission to go and do this. And I'm going to keep this in context of predator control. But it could be anything. It could be uh, raising racehorses. It could be raising duck eggs for sale. It could be uh, farming, nursery. Because if, if you've never really talked to a lot of people at traffic convention, the range that people have that they find interesting is wide. And that's great. The way it should be that's how capitalism is supposed to work and that's why planned economic societies like uh, the old ussr always fail because there's no way that some little egghead professor sitting in a bureaucratic office in dc could go you know there's this guy that's gonna get out of the military start a pool company and end up a lure maker in Tennessee. See, that, that's a complete impossibility that, that there's a manager of economy that can figure that out. Because we're all very different in what we're doing. Now one is permission. Well, before we get started with that, I, I wanna back up just a little bit. We all have identities, guys. You have an identity whatever that is, I have an identity, 
Some of us have common identities that we associate ourselves with. And a lot of times, since we're talking to trappers, it's a trapper. It's an outdoorsman. It's someone that traps, hunts, and fish. And that's kind of your identity. You dress that way, you talk that way, you think that way, you watch stuff on the internet about that. Everybody knows it about you, you're that guy. But when we're, when we're doing the business course, one thing became super clear to me after the very first time we did the business course at, at uh, growinganewbusiness.com. Because trappers identify as a trapper, they think that they need to do some type of business that's trapping because that's who they are. Like if someone's really big into weightlifting, they want to do weightlifting because they're a weightlifter. If they're a permaculturist, they need to do something in permaculture because they self-identify as a permaculturist or construction worker or house builder. So when they start looking for some type of extra revenue or business, they go to their self-identity first. And guys, I'll be the first one to tell you I am not self-identified as a trapper. I'm a guy that does a lot of different things and trapping just happens to be my main income source. There's more to me than just trapping. And I hope there's more to you than just trapping because the world's a cool place and you need to get out of the bubble every now and then. So when you're thinking about one of these uh, you know, ways to get a revenue stream going, don't confuse your self-identity that you've given yourself and a lot of time other people has given you as what you're supposed to do. At the business course, I would say 70% of the people that started that very first one, it was all about trapping. There was only a couple that finished the course that tried to do that in trapping. Let that sink in. Once they got more information and they realized no one was going to judge them about their self-identity and what other skill sets they had in life or what other things that they had in life that they found interesting, besides just trapping, a lot of times they figured out that they're better off following a different path than what their self-identity in our group they thought they should be doing. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, <coughs> like I said, it, it almost seems to me that a lot of guys that call me and they'll call a lot of different people are seeking permission to go do like predator control. Like you need somebody to go, you should do this. And if that's the case, you probably shouldn't be doing this. Because if you use that as motivation or you use that as reasoning why you should and you're talking to someone like me or Jeff or, you know, or uh, Chip or Haggerty or Zagger or, or somebody like that, well, we're not you. We probably really don't know you. 
We don't know your personality. We don't know your work ethic. We don't know your discipline. We don't know your tenacity. So getting permission is kind of like, should I? But the better question is, can you? Or why are you wanting to do this? And this is never going to really come out in one of these five or 10 minute conversations on the phone. When you call up somebody, this is me. Do you have any advice about starting a business? Because if you ask a question like that, I promise you, you're not going to get any real advice. And what I've learned to that question is you need to read business books, which is not what 99.9% .9 of trappers that call me up want to hear. But I think it's the truth. So don't be looking for permission to go follow your dream. It's your dream. It's not my dream. It's probably not your wife's dream. It's definitely not your parents' dream. It's your dream. And permission is not going to help you make the right decision. I think uh, on the same kind of note, it seems like a lot of guys that are making these phone calls and trying to make these decisions, they're looking for confirmation whether it's a good idea or not. Again, I don't know your personality. I don't know if you're going to you know, be lazy. I don't know if you're going to do the personal work. I don't know if you're going to learn the business side. I don't know if you know the business side. I don't know if you're willing to learn about marketing and, and websites and SEO. I don't know how you're going to respond to any of that that's real world when it comes to getting into predator control. But it seems like, besides permission, you're looking for confirmation. Yeah, man. I think you'd be great at it. But who's ever saying that to you unless they're like a super close buddy? They don't have any idea whether you should or shouldn't be doing this. Because I'll be honest, it took me, it, my wife helped me through this. It took me years to understand because I think in more of an entrepreneurial mindset. That's the way my mom raised me. So I see the world, my view of stuff is through revenue streams and looking for opportunities and taking advantage of those opportunities and all that type stuff. But you don't know. See, the better question to ask instead of, can you make a living in predator control group? See how generic that is? Or not predator control group, but predator control. It's a very generic question. Can you, be, can you start in high school and play in the NFL? Yes. If you're good at basketball and you're six foot seven, can you play in the NBA? Yes. Can you make a living in predator control? Yes. On that generic question, it's, it's yes. But see, all I have to do is add a question mark to that and it changes rapidly. Instead of can you make a living in predator control, can you 
question mark, make a living in predator control? Can you make a living in ADC? Can you question mark, start a farm and make it profitable? The farm can be profitable, but will it be that way for you because of you? And the biggest part of that is, can you, question mark, are you willing to grow yourself? And what my wife has helped me with is a lot of people are not. I have read hundreds of business books, thousands of hours of podcasts. I paid for webinars and seminars. I've talked to multi-millionaires for hours about business. The only reason you know who I am, besides in more of a generic term about someone who's caught a bunch of stuff, is because I was continually doing personal growth. And a lot of guys in our industry think it's childish to do something like that. They know how to make money. They know how to market. They know what everybody wants. But in reality, do you really? I'm searching for answers everywhere. I still do. Now, I don't market as much now as I used to. I'm like at a point where a whole lot more customers for lure is probably going to be detrimental to my mental health than it would be if I kept the same. That's just the truth. I've hit a certain level where I'm not sure I want to continue to grow with just more customers for just more money because I've learned over time my time is more valuable a lot of times than just the money. Are you willing to grow yourself? What is your value? If you start asking yourself, what is your value? What are you actually bringing? Yeah, you might be able to catch coyotes. Okay. Are you going to be able to catch enough coyotes to make it worth for the client? Bobcats? What, what, what are you actually bringing? See, we go over this in detail in the, the, the course, but there's a huge difference between a technician and a business owner. The technician always thinks the technical part of whatever it is he's doing, like coyote trapping, is more important than the business. And it's not because you can catch coyotes and so can 20,000 other trappers. I seriously doubt that you, me, or somebody else you know is so good that you're in such a class by yourself that your technical skills outweigh everything else. It's probably not true. See, your technical skill of setting a trap, knowing how to weld, how to grow fruit trees, 
how to build decks, put on roofs, whatever that is. That's the technical aspect. And people that think in terms of technical, most of the time have a very hard time in business because they're confusing the value of what it is that they do. Like when I ask someone, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a bowler maker. I'm an ADC trapper. I've got, I'm a welder. I'm a painter. I'm a fitness coach. I'm a teacher. When you talk to someone that's a business minded person, my business is. See, one thinks that the skill outweighs the business. And I don't have any way of, of, uh, of like running a scientific study to tell you what I'm getting ready to, to say, but I think I'm pretty close. 80% of a successful predator control business is business. 20% is actually setting the traps. But what do most people concentrate on? Setting the traps. And they struggle. And they struggle. Because they're not doing the 80% they need to do to be able to make the money, to be able to make the trapping profitable. That's where the personal growth, that's where reading the books, that's where you know getting mentors and stuff like that really come into play. You've got to keep in mind, you're going to be on your own. If you've been an employee, guys, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not looking down on an employee at all. But you're used to being told when you come to work, when you take lunch, what your job's going to be today, and when do you go home. And when you go home, you're done. They take out your taxes for you. You've have, you have a very simple tax scheme as an employee, which is set up that way. A business owner, no one's telling you when to start work. No one's telling you when you need to do content online. No one's telling you when you need to push it. And no one's telling you when it's okay to, to recoup and regather yourself. No one's telling you when you need to push marketing, pull marketing back. Nobody's telling you any of that. No one's telling you the best way to manage your money. See, and, and one other thing I've really noticed with trappers that are technicians, not business owners, is they think the stuff, getting the latest, greatest traps, having the cleanest traps, the most modified traps, all of that is going to make the difference in their business. And a business owner can take haphazard traps and have a very successful business. But you're going to be on your own. So you need to be honest with yourself with how you're going to deal with that. Another thing that you're going to have to get a grasp on from an employee side is you're never going to have all the answers. See, someone's telling you as an employee, no one's telling you as a business owner. You may think your boss is dumb and this, that, and the other. But when you're it, you've got to come up with all that. And you're not going to have that information. 
that's going to stress your wife out. It's going to stress you out sometimes. Because you got to learn to be a problem solver, not a task doer. Nothing stays the same in any type of business for very long. Example, I started off fur trapping. I went into beaver control. That went away. I started coyote trapping for local farmers. And then the otter prices got high and I became an otter specialist. And then when coon were high, I became a coon specialist. And then I went to Texas and I was a cat specialist. And then we've got predator control group, which went all over the country. Now, my main source of income is lures and baits. If you would have told me this plan, what, 30 years ago? I'd have thought you was nuts. You don't know. You have great contracts for several years and then it just seems like they all go away. People sell farms, people die. Um, you know, they don't have the money anymore because their business isn't doing good. You're in Texas and the oil money gets out of whack so everybody gets real tight. Nothing stays the same. That's where the personal growth becomes so important because now you got to find new opportunities that you didn't think you even cared about before. You need to be obsessive. You need to be relentless. You don't quit and you have to learn to be comfortable being very uncomfortable. If you've never pitched a predator control job to a bunch of wealthy guys with one guy that's not as wealthy and is scared to death, it's gonna cost him 20 more cents to be a club member and you're trying to convince them to hire you where he's just throwing vinegar in everything it's very uncomfortable or you're trying to convince a business owner that owns a big ranch why it is it is uh, advantageous monetarily to hire you now see when you're talking to your friends and your neighbors and oh no very different talking to a business owner they expect you to be like any other business where you can show them monetarily the advantage of them paying you. Very uncomfortable. You start getting some traction. You find yourself at a deer show and you look up and there's 700 people there to ask you questions about predator control in a seminar. It's very uncomfortable. You don't get paid when you're supposed to. Your wife's chewing your butt all the time. Uncomfortable. You've got to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So when you're thinking about becoming predator control, ADC, starting a welding business, I don't care what it is. Go back and listen to this again. Can you? Yes. Can you? Question mark. The answer is still yes, guys, but you need to be honest with yourself. Business is not a place for rose-colored glasses. It's not a place for, as uh, one of the landowners told me one time, Chinese math. It's very factual. 
if you cannot have enough discipline to do stuff you need to do on a daily basis when it doesn't matter, I promise you in a couple of months, you're not going to have the discipline to do the things in your business when it does matter. Because you can justify anything. You're going to have to figure out how you're going to get that discipline. You start small and you grow it. You do what you have to do so you can do what you need to do or what you want to do. So just keep all this stuff in mind. So if you're thinking about going this route, really listen to what I just said. It's 80% business, 70% business, 85% business. The rest is trapping. Trapping's the easy part. That is easy. It's the other things that matter. Now, the other part of the show, and I'm not quite sure how to say some of this stuff, so this is going to be very awkward and clunky. Uh, down in Arkansas, we're getting a big laugh with Carl. He, uh, his wife is starting to uh, sell snares. She's the one that's making snares. And let me tell you, and they don't know I'm saying this. There's two places in the country that have what I consider top tier snares. And I'm talking top tier. You can look at it and feel it and use it and you know you're dealing with the best. Carl and Liz makes one of those two. No question in my mind. When you get a hold of one of their snares, it is drastically different than you're gonna get from someone that just knocks out a bunch as cheap as they can and sells it to the mass market. I don't know what they sell their snares for. It's gotta be more expensive. So he's knowing they're gonna start doing this. So he starts doing more stuff online. Facebook, mostly. And what was so funny is, Carl is, he's been trapping since he's been, I think, I think his, his mom was actually down there uh, in Arkansas, which, awesome lady. Super fun to be around. I think she said that he was trapping when he was 13 or 14. I'm not quite sure what Carl's age is, but I think he's a little older than I am, and I'm getting ready to be 53 this month. Long time. Fur trapping, ADC, control work. That's, that's what he's done. So to him, trapping is what trapping is. And live market is part of that because it's legal in some of the places that he goes. So he posted a picture of some coyotes in a pen. And 
for trapping, it pretty much went viral. And it pretty much caused him a lot of uh, awe, is the right word, and shock of how other trappers responded to the, that picture. Now, another one was he had uh, a cat. I'm assuming it was on a snare or a foothold. I'm not sure. I did not see the picture. It took the cable up in the tree and fell off the limb. He took a picture. Guys, that is trapping. Stuff like that happens. The backlash he got from that was insane. Now, we're sitting there talking about it. He's amazed by it. We're ragging him a little bit because I've been at this long enough to know, okay, certain things we shouldn't take pictures of and post. And I'll be the first one to admit, if you go way back on Wolfer Nation and you look at some of my videos before the wokeness took over America, I wouldn't post some of that stuff now. I mean, I'm in Texas and there's 60 foot ditches, four coyotes deep where we've been killing coyotes. That's my job. That shows success. That's what I'm paid to do. That's what the landowner needs. And when I did skin some of those coyotes, it was a dollar and a half a piece. So excuse the F out of me for not skinning all those coyotes. I probably had more in flea shampoo after that, trying to get those out of my beard and hair than I made off the coyotes. So I did not skin them. But I show this in some of the videos. Would I do that today? No. I don't even know if they're still on YouTube. They've probably been uh, turned off. Was it wrong what I was doing? No. Because I'm talking to trappers with videos for trappers. And if that offends trappers, my question is, do you trap? But today, it seems to me that the wokeness of the liberal education system, well, schooling system, because there's very little education, has crept into every corner of this country, including trapping. Not by antis, not by woke professor, uh, professors, but trappers. I can see trappers and I can watch them turn on each other on a dime. 
kind of like when uh, someone comes up with a picture that they were in blackface in 1975 at a party where that was acceptable then, but it's not acceptable now. Oh my God, they're the most racist person in the world. You see, they're in blackface. We've all seen that stuff. It's kind of like Joe Rogan right now getting hammered because someone is trying to get him shut up because he's, he's actually bringing on doctors that are talking about COVID and COVID medication and early medication where the government doesn't want that information out there. So they're trying to destroy Joe Rogan. You probably know that. So he put together this montage of him saying the N-word. Now, if you go back and listen to any of the context where he said that, no one's going to think he's racist. But the way they edited it was to destroy Joe Rogan and try to turn him into a racist in the public woke view. I don't think he should apologize. And the reason is because the people that are doing this don't care if you apologize. They're trying to destroy you if you're Joe Rogan or Ben Shapiro or Trump. Their whole mission in life is to destroy another human being so they can brag about it. Is that who we are as trappers? Where we so easily try to knife another trapper to show how virtuous we are as another trapper? Surely not. See, coyotes in a pen going to, uh, for live market is a fact. Bobcats going up in a tree and fighting a trap and falling off is a fact. Animals in traps for a trapper is a freaking fact. But the feelings that people have about that, even trappers, is mind-blowing to me. It's like a butcher being upset that the slaughterhouse kills the cows before he gets to cut them up. It makes no sense whatsoever. Now, do we need to be smart as trappers? Yes. Showing pictures of coyotes if you shot them in the head with blood and it's pulled up and stuff like, it just doesn't look good. I get that. But it's went so far now that trappers don't want other trappers to show animals in traps, which is the freaking goal of setting a trap to begin with. 
It is just like what the liberals do to try to counsel people. If you have a problem with what somebody posts, DM them. Go, look, man, if you thought this through, this could look bad. Because I guarantee somebody like Carl, he's going to go, I think I see your point. I'll take it down. But if it's just a coyote in a trap and there's no issues whatsoever, he'd probably tell you to go pound sand. We pile on now. That's not the right way to go about this. Which basically means the wokeness that's also gone into trapping is basically the same virtue signaling that we get from vegans and animal rights activists and socialists and the council, the council culture. It's virtue signaling. I don't like what you did. I don't like what he did either. I've seen some stuff on Facebook from trappers that I can be honest, if I'd have known who that trapper was and I met them, I probably would have knocked some teeth out. Horrendous stuff has been posted. That's very different than what people are getting upset about today. Just like in colleges, wokeness is a cancer. And it starts eating and growing and eating and growing. So before you jump on a, a, a pile of somebody and want to show how virtuous and moral you are, because you disagree with what someone says or does, are you part of the cancer? Guys, trapping will not last if we're ashamed of what we do. It is a reality of nature. Why would you be ashamed of that? What's shameful is when trappers don't trap and three states get distemper and over about a four to five week period, you've got a million and a half to two million a coon die of a terrible, disgusting, and miserable death. Being in a trap, besides that other way, is a blessing. 70% of all deer that are born are killed by predators. And they don't do it very nicely. We look at protecting our children somehow different than protecting deer or turkey. Someone has to protect them. Karen down the street that hates you for trapping and hates you for being white and hates you because you're conservative is never going to agree with you. So don't play your game. Don't apologize for being a trapper. 
Don't be ashamed and don't apologize for it. It's really easy. Be a moral trapper, be an ethical trapper, and go do your thing. If you do that, you ain't got anything to be ashamed of or apologize for. Nothing. Because what you do is no different than a farmer that raises cattle. What you do is no different from a commercial fisherman catching catfish and selling it to a restaurant. It's life. Things die. Things die. That's kind of hard for people that look at nature through a view of completely misinformed myths to understand. If they would grasp how many deer are killed from coyotes, they would probably be sick to their stomach. If they just saw a couple and realized that was happening 70 out of 100 times. Or if it's a place that's really working on their fishery and they're spending close to a hundred grand a year and the otter are wiping out half the fish. Or the predator comes and steals their cat, it becomes a little more personal. Or their little punt dog. Or the bear takes a scalp off of their kid. Or the moose stomps their kid in the ground. Until it becomes personal with most people in the civilized world that we're supposedly living in, they're not going to understand. You do have to realize it is us and them. And when you play the wokeness game on social media with other trappers, it's not us and them. It's them, you, against another trapper. How about a little bit of loyalty? Now me saying all this, I don't think it's going to change much on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, Twitter, YouTube. Because most of the people that just live to tear people apart are hateful human beings that don't understand facts. Their feelings control their emotions. And those feelings run rampant because they don't really have a clue what they're talking about. A lot of them mean well, but that doesn't change the facts. A lot of them are very soft-hearted, but that does not change the facts. It's us and it's them. Because if we start tearing ourselves apart and deer hunters keep tearing themselves apart and the fishermen keep tearing themselves apart, we're gonna be just like Europe. Where either you're gonna be uber rich to go hunt and fish or you're gonna be 
not able to trap because they'll have government trappers do it. That's what wokeness in trapping brings. Death to trapping. All right, guys. Um, if you're looking to get into business, think about what I said. And before you post or, or get on to people online, think about what I've said. At least take a minute to think about these things. It is uh, early February, trapping season still on for most of us. Uh, some that's gonna go a while. I'm looking forward. I think I'm going to get to go up to Jeff with a bunch of buddies and do some spring rat and beaver. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be spring before you know it. Another season's going to be gone. Soak it up, man. Because you only have so many. And I'll talk to you all next week.